Welcome to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. Every Wednesday morning, we check in with David Grising, president and CEO of the BGA, to talk about government, how open and transparent it is or isn't, and how that's impacting you. David Grising, as always, thanks for your time, and welcome back to the program. So good to be with you, Jim. Thanks very much. Well, David, uh, hoping that you can uh, give us a, a little bit more insight into where we stand on two of the big lingering issues this summer, uh, left in limbo the last time we talked the green energy bill, and also, although it doesn't directly impact us, it does have uh, ripple effects throughout the state, this proposal for an elected Chicago school board. Are we detecting any movement on either of these issues? Well, um, not the the uh, electric bill has gone a little bit dark, although the a couple of the players in, this, in the action have tried to change the facts on the ground in a way that increases their clout by uh, uh, Exelon, for example, uh, saying it is going to go ahead and move forward with its plans to cut, shut down a couple of its nuclear plants. Uh, so they're, they're, that, that's politics and uh, really effective in, in its way because it shows uh, the downside of not getting to a deal. Um, on, the other, on the other issue, the, the elected school board, uh, Delia Ramirez, who's the House sponsor of the bill, has agreed, we are told by Capital Facts, to meet with Mayor Lightfoot as soon as tomorrow uh, to talk about this. Um, they're determined, uh, Ramirez and, and others in the House are determined to stick with the 21-person board, which has been Lightfoot's chief complaint. Uh, everybody is scratching their heads over the mayor's threat to uh, withhold Chicago funding from uh, the schools if the school board is independent of the mayor, and that would include not only operational funds, but possibly even the city's obligations to catch up with the uh, drastic pension underfunding uh, in the Chicago schools. That would be a real hot-button issue um, uh, and probably would seriously damage the mayor's electoral prospects. But nevertheless, she's dangling that, apparently, as a uh, as a bargaining chip. And um, we'll see. This The school board thing will play out, we think, over the next few days. Uh, the electric bill may take a little bit longer. You know, it's just it's fascinating to watch because it doesn't seem like uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has a, a whole lot of leverage here, uh, and yet uh, she may be trying to sort of bluff her way through this particular poker hand. It's going to be fascinating to watch it all unfold. We'll keep an eye on that, I'm sure, for days, and as you noted in the energy bill, for weeks to come. You know, David, if we've had a little distance now between us and the legislative session, there's a lot of uh, post-mortems going on, evaluation of how this went. Speaker Chris Welch in his uh, first legislative session as Speaker of the Illinois House giving himself and his caucus pretty high marks here and uh, Welch has referred uh, on a number of occasions to this being a, a new day in the state legislature under his leadership. Republicans disagree vehemently so uh, <laughs> the, give, us the, uh, give us the score from the outside looking in. Is this in fact a new day? Well, um, I guess it's a new day in the sense that, that Welch did go ahead and, and uh, put, put in term limits on um, uh, legislative leaders, for example. Uh, he did—there uh, th was no evidence that he uh, refused to move bills out of committee uh, in the way—out of the Rules Committee in the way that Speaker Mike Madigan used to. Uh, um, there was an—there were efforts— in, in places to actually work with the Republicans. But none of that was, that latter point was very serious. This is a totally Democratic dominated legislature. And with just about every bill that passed uh, was passed in the company of Republican leadership uh, speaking out about the atrocities 
contained therein. Uh, it's a little bit like what we're seeing on the national scene, where uh, President Biden is talking a lot about bipartisanship, but not really getting any bipartisanship. In Illinois, the Democrats are, are talking bipartisanship, but they don't need Republican votes, and they're not making much of an effort to get Republican votes. We, uh, you know, we certainly have heard from Democratic lawmakers who say they feel like they they have more of a voice now. It's not so much one man rule that the speaker is listening to them, but undoubtedly Republicans still feel uh, that they have the status that being in the super minority of the legislature will always earn you, which is no status whatsoever, and that does not seem to have changed. It's full disclosure with David Grising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association. Uh, we've got a, a couple. Of other legislative things we want to delve into, but uh, I, I want to steer you, uh, David, a little bit uh, to the topic of journalism. I don't know this is something the BGA is very involved in. Uh, you uh, do uh, a lot of work with various media outlets. You do awards for investigative reporting. Uh, you understand uh, innately the crucial importance of journalism at the local and at the state level in keeping government honest. Uh, and we've all been watching this week the uh, fallout from the takeover of the Chicago Tribune and the Tribune Company by a, a hedge fund group, uh, Alden Capital, and what we're now seeing as a pretty sizable exodus of editorial staff from the Tribune, including most of their leading columnists and some other reporters and editors and things. Uh, a lot of people are wondering if this is the, the start of the death knell for the Tribune, and while reports of its demise may be premature, it does have people wondering, again, what this means for the future of journalism here in Illinois. Well, uh, just focusing narrowly on the Tribune for now, um, the Tribune as we've known it, it has passed really into history in many respects. Um, the loss of those high-profile columnists uh, is emblematic of what's happening through the ranks of the newspaper. Other top-notch uh, journalists have left the Tribune uh, either before the buyouts or, or as part of the buyouts, and many who haven't already left are on the market. As I can tell you, as a news organization that receives resumes and outreach from various really top, not very, very good journalists, we recruited David Jackson, probably the invest the best investigative reporter in, in the state uh, about six months ago, uh, in part because of all the uncertainty going on at uh, the Tribune, and, and uh, others are leaving to go and pursue other ventures. Um, the real threat to journalism would be if everybody uh, that we're talking about leaves journalism altogether. Some of the columnists who have left have said, oh, I'm going to set up my a blog or a podcast or a uh, newsletter or something. We'll see what how that all plays out. Um, in Springfield coverage, uh, you know, the nonprofit journalism is helping out a little bit. The Capital News uh, uh, Illinois um, Bureau really has done some very good work. It doesn't altogether make up for the huge loss in the uh, coverage from Springfield of years past, but it's a big improvement over what we had seen over the last few years. The BGA is a nonprofit, and we're stepping in uh, with hirings like I just mentioned, and um, along with many other nonprofit news organizations, we're sort of filling in some of the the gaps that have been created. And I think there's a move afoot to uh, for some of the uh, philanthropic foundations to uh, to double down on the investments they've made in nonprofit journalism. And so nonprofit journalism today is more connected to local communities than the historic, the big tribune and sometimes really ever were. Some of them are based in local communities. So that's good. As regards non or downstate news, I, I the 
the bloodletting there, Jim, is in many ways worse than what we've seen at the Tribune because the staffs were smaller to begin with. They had less room for error. And um, there have been significant cutbacks, you know, in your own newspaper in Springfield, significant cutbacks. And uh, really, uh, we look to statewide news organizations as prospective partners on investigations. We just don't really have anybody to work with at a lot of the newspapers anymore because their ranks are so thin. And so that is going to really hurt accountability coverage in particular, but even just basic news coverage uh, is really, uh, there's there's a crisis going on, uh, in, not just in the Chicago journalism, but in statewide uh, news coverage as well. And uh, a, a battle cry to go out to say support local journalism where you can. I know it, it's frustrating people got conditioned over the last 20 years or so to have a lot of things just available for free on the internet, but uh, you know, good quality journalism uh, does require support, and uh, so if you can subscribe to a newspaper, uh, some sort of legit journalism source, uh, you're doing not only good for yourself to keep yourself edified, but good for your community because, again, journalism Journalism is what shines that light uh, when government tries to uh, to go too far. We are back on full disclosure. David Grising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association, is here with us as we go through uh, some of what government is doing that you need to be aware of. Uh, and part of this has to do with just the, the process, the means by which government uh, carries out its tasks. Bit of an uproar uh, last week, David, when the Illinois House reconvened. One of the big things they had to do was to pass a fix uh, to change the fact that when the budget was initially approved, it didn't have uh, proper uh, effective dates for various provisions, which meant that most of the budget, uh, the money couldn't have been spent until next June, 11 months into the fiscal year. A serious problem. The governor needed to uh, fix through an amendatory veto, but the House had to sign off on it. They didn't have the votes necessarily present to do that, though, so they hurriedly passed a rule change to allow on that day for remote votes so that several lawmakers could uh, could weigh in and cast those votes directly. Republicans are uh, very upset about this. Uh, but, David, it, it does beg the question, uh, particularly because the, the legislators were visible on camera. They had to state their vote. Uh, so it's not as though somebody was just, you know, randomly logging on and pretending to be a lawmaker and casting their vote. We, we still know what they did and how they did it. Uh, is it really that big a deal to allow remote voting, or is this something we should be thinking about as a wave of the future for the 21st century. I, I think it does merit study, Jim, but I would tell you I would approach the idea of expanding remote voting uh, with a great deal of skepticism. Uh, part of accountability in government is being in the place where the voting is happening to be accessible to the public and also to uh, colleagues in the, in the legislature. And remote voting on a on an embarrassing uh, mistake in the way this bill was thrown together uh, is is terrible, but you know it's just a one-off, and I guess we can live with it. We have no choice. Uh, but the idea that this would become a fixture of um, legislative process is really concerning, and we we would if if anybody begins talking about that, we should uh, you know we the BGA of course will carefully study both sides of the issue. But my gut tells me it's a really bad idea because it moves against the whole notion of open and accountable government.
Another thing that's happened uh, in the week since we last convened, Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, signing this uh, fairly sweeping uh, election legislation. One of the things it does is to move the Illinois primary in 2022 from March to June. That'll be uh, an interesting uh, situation to have, especially because it will mean a a shortened general election season. It uh, all has to do with the uh, census data not being ready yet and wanting to make sure there's time to know exactly where Districts are going to fall before people have to start uh, filing their petitions. Uh, There are a few other provisions in this as well. Possibility of more polling places inside county jails for inmates who've not yet been convicted of felonies. It certainly solidifies vote by mail. And it even makes changes in state statute to say that uh, aldermen don't exist anymore. They're now older persons. (laughs) Uh, And that didn't apparently go over too well, at at least with one Chicago alderman. Well, yeah, I, I think. So, sorry, frankly, older person. I got to get used to it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I think it's a good change. Uh, it it uh, the sexist uh, uh, ter, ter definition of that uh, position in government is is uh, the sell by date is on, on that has passed a long time ago. Um, uh, it's interesting that the state did this. It would have been uh, if there were a better relationship between the mayor of the city of Chicago. And the governor of the state of Illinois, there that might have been a something done jointly, or at least a joint press conference. It shows you a little bit about uh, the continuing sort of um, in, uneasy relationship between those two. But I do think that that's a long overdue change in the nomenclature there. As a journalist, whenever I have to use that term, it really it bothers me, frankly, to be honest with you. Uh, as as regards some of the other changes that you're talking about, yeah, these are some important changes. You know, moving the date, moving a date of voting. Is uh, you know that's that's a big deal. That can affect who's eligible, um, what the politics are, are different in any given time, et cetera. So um, that's important. And then the expansion of voting. Uh, it's nice to hear about somebody somewhere expanding expanding voting. I know that this is uh, controversial, but um, uh, in in this day of of voter suppression uh, nationwide. Whatever you might think of the particulars in this specific case, it's nice that at least in one state people are trying to talking about it, trying to get more people to the ballot instead of limiting access to the ballot. Certainly a lot to keep an eye on, and the Better Government Association does that uh, every day, every week. It's a great website as well and a valuable resource for that, uh, again, sort of investigative journalism we were talking about earlier, and uh, lots of updates on things you need to know about, fact-checking of our elected officials as well. So, David, how do people reach you and the Better Government Association the rest of the week? Uh, I'm at DGreising at BetterGov.org, D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at BetterGov.org, and our website is BetterGov.org. And we'll do this again next Wednesday morning here. It's full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. David, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks very much, Jim. Look forward to it.